Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. We're entering into a focus over the next couple of weeks of called At The Table. And we're going to just break down different key aspects in the life of a healthy church. And today I wanted to have an opportunity to unpack uh, Connection Matters. And what better person to be able to join me here on stage to share their heart and their thoughts is to hear from our Connect Pastor. Uh, we, we have a pastor whose, whose role is uh, to care for our Connect Group leaders and the health of our Connect Groups because we believe that Connect Groups matter. If you're not familiar with that term, connect groups, this is what it's based around. It's this idea that it is important for us to gather together corporately. It's important for us to be able to worship and hear the words of God together, to be able to resonate with one another what God is saying to us as a people. But what I love in that is that we can take that and gather together in smaller groups. We're able to process and discuss and unpack and to know and be known. And in a culture where it seems to be harder and harder to build connections, this is critical. So to help me unpack that today, I would love you to welcome to the stage the amazing Connect Pastor, Harrieta Tipoa. Come on. I love it. We almost matched our shirts. This is cool. Go figure it. Oh, oh my gosh. Look at this. We are being looked after. Harrieta, you are our Connect Pastor. I am. And you do an amazing job pastoring our Connect Group leaders and working to bring healthy Connect Groups into being with us. Before we talk about connection in the life of the church, and we've got a scripture we're just going to focus on for a moment. Uh, Could you tell us, how did you choose to follow Jesus for yourself? And, and what was the keys to turn your life into one of pursuing Him? So following Jesus for myself happened in a, in a scenario like this where I came along to church and I don't even remember what the preacher was preaching about, but I, all I knew was that I wanted what he was talking about, this Jesus who could heal, this Jesus who could turn lives around. And my hand flew up and I knew in that moment that salvation was real for me. But um, following Jesus and doing that journey didn't happen instantly because, you know, I didn't know what that looked like. And so I needed to undergo a journey of discipleship. Um, and, And they very quickly put me into a connect group where I was surrounded by a group of believers who could help me and model to me what following Jesus looked like. So, you know, I was discipled to know how to pray, how to hear from God and um, what reading the Bible um, looked like and and that was God communicating with me. And so, you know, my journey started slowly, but as I started to follow those and follow Jesus, He became real to me and He um, manifested in some amazing ways where following Jesus, he, He healed a broken heart and He gave me a ringside seat to miracle that I prayed for my daughter and she was healed and Um, You know, so now I can testify in faith knowing that God heals broken hearts because He healed mine. God heals and He does a miraculous because He answered my prayers for my child. So, you know, if anybody is out there, God is real and He can heal and He will heal and He does heal. 
You know, and I think key to following Jesus all these 19 years has really been about um, knowing exactly what that looks like. And, and, and key is reading your Bible so that your, your mind is renewed by the Word of God. And um, key is praying so that you can have an intimate relationship with God. He is real and he, he wants to be there for you and He will transform you. And key is serving in the house of God, you know, being intentional about serving because He's the greatest server and yet He served His disciples. And so He's the greatest example of that. And key it really was about being planted in the house of God and belonging to a connect group and feeling like I mattered and feeling like I could be modelled to. And, you know, birthed out of that comes being a connect leader. You know, and there's just no greater honour, really. That is really cool. Yeah. I love it. Harrietta, you, you have a pretty full life. You, uh, you're in the marketplace. You have an amazing role that God has opened up for you that is going to continue to open up other opportunities. You, you choose to serve as our Connect Pastor. And one of the things I love about you is that you just ooze hospitality. Uh, there we go. Anybody who's around you feels welcome and invited. Uh, there's no exclusion with you. Uh, you. You can be on the fringes and just your presence captivates and people have to really fight against your ability to invite people in. It has to be an intentional choice. I will not enter in because you just ooze this. And this is one of the reasons why you, you're perfectly suited to be our Connect Pastor. Because hospitality matters. Yes. And I just want to just highlight this before we go further. Why does hospitality matter? Why, why does it matter that we're welcoming, that we're invitational, that we're willing to do a journey together? What, what difference does that even make? You know, hospitality and being intentional makes all the difference. I believe that if I wasn't a product of that intentionality, I probably would have fell away from my walk with Christ, it wouldn't have been as easy to stay, um, you know, planted in the house of God. And I just, you, you feel a belonging and you feel like you have something to give. And hospitality really is extending the hand of God and, and showing people that Christ is the centre of all. And, um, you know, there is a seat for absolutely everybody. And, you know, Jesus is invitational and so should we be. Yeah. yeah, it's good. So you lead our connect groups. It's important that we join the journey with Jesus. What, what would you say to somebody here today who's on the fence about committing to the journey of joining a connect group or being part of one or maybe even they've been a part of one in the past that for whatever reason fizzle, fizzled out or wasn't able to progress on? Why would you say it's important as a follower of Jesus today, we make the choice to be a part of something like a connect group or something that gathers us around faith in small groups? Yeah, well, you know, we read, you know, iron sharpens iron. And um, you need to, if, if you're serious about walking this journey with Jesus, then you need like-minded people with you. You need to be on the journey with like-minded people. It doesn't mean that you cut off everybody else in your world, but it means that you get intentional about relationships with people that are, are planted in the house of God because they're going to be the ones who will bolster you. They are the ones who are going to speak truth to you. They are the ones who are going to encourage you to keep going. And, you know, you every single one of us has got a gift and got a talent. And um, it's, it's in that 
that it's released and it's grown, and it's in that that God can use use everything that He's gifted you with, because really it's about others. It's about um, introducing people to Jesus, know Him to make Him known. Yeah, that's good. I like how you highlighted that thought that everybody has a gift to give. And it's often that as we break down from the, the larger group to the smaller groups, that it gives us opportunity to, to minister and serve in those gifts. Um, what are some of the things that, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot with some of these questions, <laughs> but that's what you get. Uh, <laughs> what sort of gifts do you see activated in people as they choose to journey in a connect group? Oh, we see lots of it. So in our group, we have the beautiful Julie. Um, She co-leads with us and she has a natural ability to um, draw people in. You know, the love of God just oozes from her. And she's invitational. She just wants to share what God is doing in her life and what he's doing in the life of the Connect group. And then we have um, Mama Chris Stewart and she she walks in the prophetic. So we have have a lot of prophetic mental that's coming across in the room. And then we have other women who are just gifted with the word of knowledge. And and so the group just becomes an uplifting group and it becomes something that um, will not easily be broken. Yeah. So yeah, all gifts are activated. I love it. Because I love that idea. See, see, one of the big thoughts for me is I, I believe in the corporate gathering. I really do. But I don't believe ministry is found in the microphone. No. I believe it's found in the life that we live. And so through connect groups or, or through regularly consistent gatherings or even just being willing to journey with people and say, I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to support you. I'm not going to give up on you. That idea that I'm, I'm going to choose to partner with you as you grow in your faith. I reckon God uses that or utilises that to release gifts in our lives so that we can continue to make a difference in the lives of others. Yeah. And, and it's sort of like this idea, and Harriet, you're, you're free to disagree agreeably or agree. I reckon if you want to be gifted by God, you have to step out. Because He'll give more as you step out more. Uh, it's sort of like this idea, if, um, if, if, if you want to remain passive in life, God in His goodness will allow you. If you want to remain disconnected, God in His goodness will allow you. But as you choose to step out, God in His goodness meets you where you're at and He adds to you as you go. What do you think? Would you agree, disagree, or challenge that? Yeah, absolutely. He does. He 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 adds. You disagree, to you as absolutely. You <laughs> no, he he does. He graces us um, to move and to um, to walk with him, that we'd be a blessing to those around about us. So yeah, it makes a difference. I'm going to, I want to read a scripture and you and I were talking on the phone yesterday about a word that God's developed in your heart that we're going to get a, a precursor here that you want to bring to your connect group. But um, just in line with this idea of, and I'm going to share a devotional thought shortly out of this scripture, uh, just Acts 2.42. I just want you to listen to this. I, I want you to picture this and, and I'll unpack what I mean more by this in a moment. But in this passage are what I believe are the core ingredients of a healthy church, the core ingredients of a healthy church. And the context is that Acts chapter two starts with a bang. The very first ever local church is started in the city of Jerusalem, 10 days after Jesus has ascended to heaven. And there's no other church in existence. It's not like they're jumping on Instagram to see what the church down the road's doing. They're not jumping on the website to see how they do this. They are there on their own pioneering from scratch. 
It starts from a, a, a prayer meeting of all things where 120 people are praying in what Jesus has promised, which was the coming of the Holy Spirit, that God's Spirit would dwell in the lives of His people and that they would be empowered and equipped by God Himself to do the very things that Jesus did. And it spills out onto the streets and one of the members of the the Apostles, one of those chosen by Jesus to be the foundational pillars of the work that was being built, preaches a message that maybe lasted for a minute, a minute 50. He was a fisherman, uneducated, preached a message out on the street corners. Dare you to do that today in a non-weird way. And as he preaches, 3,000 people choose to follow Jesus for themselves. And so the very first church is started not with a whimper, but with a bang. And it went from strength to strength. And you think, could you imagine adding 3,000 people to your home in one day? Think about all the systems and all the things necessary to make that work. And here in the book of Acts, we see or we're exposed to what made it work. And it comes out in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. Harrietta, we we had a conversation that you sort of been meditating on that Scripture and there, there was a particular thought that jumped out to you based around the table or gathering at the table. Do you mind just giving us a snippet of what you feel God's sort of burning in your heart, inspired by that Scripture? Yeah, sure. Like uh, God says, He says to me, um, you know, I'm invitational and um, there is a seat at the table for everybody. It's not reserved for a select few, but you personally have a seat at this table with Jesus. And I was excited about that concept and um, it wasn't about having the seat, but more so about what was on the table and what he was providing. And I just got really excited because a couple of the elements he exposed to me were, you know, communion. You know, we get to partake corporately in community with communion and that is about looking at what God has done for us but also looking forward to the joy and the hope of what is yet to come through his life, death and resurrection. But the other thing that he exposed to me was the wash basin at that table. You know, Jesus displayed humility. He washed the feet of the disciples and um, not one seat at this table is more important than the other. And so, you know, I'm excited that as a connect group, we get to go through the elements that God has for us on this table. And um, I'm excited that everybody gets to pull up their seat to this table and we get to commune with God Himself. Wonderful. What would you say to people today, and they're probably not in the room, they're outside somewhere, that are thinking, gosh, my life is so busy. How can I fit something extra into my schedule? 
You're saying, not only is it beneficial for me to join a church service on a Sunday, gosh, it's so hard. I have to get the kids ready. I have to come in, travel. And then I'm adding to my schedule another thing. Why would I want to do that? I just think, why wouldn't you? <laughs> I like you that. know, I, I, like all of you, work full-time, have a family, manage children, do all those things. But I find that connecting for me, being intentional about that, actually keeps me bolstered. It keeps me anchored. And the nights where I feel like I really just can't go are the nights where God has just literally met me. Wow. And um, he, has, he has come through my sister's and encouraged me, and he personally has shown himself to say, why wouldn't you want to come? Wow. So um, I, live, I live for for being able to meet with my sisters and commune with them. That's so good. You know, connect groups are important, but I, I think the health of a connect group is really found in the health of the connect leader. What, what do you think makes for a healthy connect leader? A healthy connect group leader will be there because... They, um, they want to be there because they have a heart to connect with people, because they have a heart to want to host people, but also they want to model what it is to follow Jesus. And you don't have to have all the answers. Yeah. No way. Yeah, I God like that. Can I, can, can I pause you on that? that? That's often the pressure, hey, yeah. that, that would hold people back to think, man, I, I don't know enough. I haven't done enough. I, I need more. I need more. I need more. What would you say to that idea that, man, I, I, I need to go to uh, seminary for seven years and I need to get a doctorate and I need to be able to, you know, what, what would you say to that idea that I'm not enough? Hi, oh, you are so enough. <laughs> you are so enough. We have we have connect group notes, and we have a great pastoral team that you can call on. Um, and also, your group doesn't have to be um, very like theolo- theological, because you just need to be um, you need to be connected with Christ, yep. and and really just speak what's on your heart, and God will add to that. The word will come through, and 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 the anointing will be all over that. You don't have to have all the answers. I like if, that. if that was so, then oh, you wouldn't want to come to my group. <laughs> <laughs> I always like the thought that you only have to be a step ahead of those that you're leading. That's it. If you're, if you're one step ahead, you can take people where you've been. I think that's, I think that's what leadership actually is in, in the church, is that you can only take people where you've been yourself. That we don't do this out of a position or a title. We do this because we actually think people matter. Yeah. Like we, we actually believe it. And we believe it so much that we don't just say it, we actually live it. And so if we're one step ahead of where we want to take people, you've got something to give. What do you think? Would you agree? Absolutely. What, what keeps you a step ahead? A step ahead. Um, doing the journey, like actually walking my journey and learning, learning from what God is revealing to me so that I can know God to make Him known to others. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You know and then you can make known. Yeah. In the midst of your busyness, we'll we'll, we'll release you in a moment and just uh, we'll talk about what people can do if they're interested in joining a Connect group. And I specifically want to put it out there for those that might be feel called to take the next step and become a connect group leader. But I want to say, 
Harrietta, in the midst of your busyness, how do you keep your tank full? How do you keep your tank full so that you have something that you feel you can give to others? Uh, Prayer and relationship with Jesus. Just drawing on Him as my strength Hmm. because without that, I'd be tossed to and fro and I wouldn't be able to be any use to anybody. So just remaining anchored and steadfast in reading my Word and praying, having conversation with my God. So good. Keep connected as you keep others connected. At the end of our gathering today, we're going to break out. We're going to have sausage sizzle um, at the end of the service. But if along this way, as we're talking about at the table, maybe you're here with us today and you're thinking, gosh, I'd love to be part of a connect group that brings life. We have at our glass tables there at the back, one of them earmarked for those that might be interested in joining a connect group. Could I just encourage you to make yourself available there at the end of the service? One of our leaders will be there to connect with you, take down your details. But could I please personally put out a request? Healthy connect groups can only exist with connect group leaders. And I think for us to continue to grow, it's gonna be critical that our leaders continue to take the next step forward. So I want to say this to you today. If you've ever had a desire to say, I want to explore what it means to take the next step in my faith. One of the great things that you could choose to do is to journey with people. I'm convinced in my own journey, see, I met Jesus when I was 16 years old. I started in kids' church, first and foremost. I was the guy that was in kids' church that was making such a racket that the pastor used to have to send people out while he was preaching to tell me to keep it shut. And I learnt there in those sort of settings how to grow because when you're in a position to help others grow, you have to be willing to grow yourself. And so maybe you're here today and you feel like your faith has gone stagnant. Maybe you've known Jesus for a while or or maybe you're you're exploring for the next thing and maybe you're thinking to yourself, gosh, what is gonna cause me to break through? Maybe it's taking the step to say, I will journey with others and help to empower and equip. May I receive so I can give. And so I wanna put out the request, if you feel stirred in your heart to explore what it might mean to be a Connect Group leader, we would love the opportunity to connect with you and do everything that we can to empower and equip you as God develops you. So we have uh, there at the back as well, one of those glass tables is set up for those that might be interested in becoming a Connect Group leader and joining our development pathway there. But before we move on and I share a devotional thought out of that Scripture, uh, Harrietta, we honour and receive you to our church as a gift. Your gift of hospitality, invitationalness, if that's even a word, and willingness to journey with people as they follow Jesus for themselves is something that needs to be infectious in all that we do. And so we honour God for the gift that you are to the church. And church, could I just ask right now, I'm gonna ask if we could just pray for Harrietta. And, and acknowledge the gift that she is as our Connect Pastor. So would you be able to just join me uh, if you're comfortable? Let's extend our hands if that's okay. And Rhiannon, could I just invite you up just to put your hands on Harrietta? And we, we're so grateful for everything that God has called you into. And in the midst of all the busyness of life, you continue to champion the journey. And so we thank God for the gift that you are. So let's pray. Father God, we just thank You 
for Harrietta. We thank You for her family who have empowered her and cheered her on as she ministers Your Word. And Lord God, we just ask that, Lord, You would draw around her those that would lift up her arms as she serves You faithfully, Lord God. Lord, I ask that You would give her the gift of unlocking potential that she would see those that are, Lord, right, ready to be uh, bursting forth, that she would draw out in them the gift that they are to your church as well. Lord God, I thank You that she is gifted to receive, so she is gifted to give, Lord God. And Lord God, we thank You, Lord, for the grace that You've called her into to empower our connect groups, to be places where people are transformed, where people are empowered, where people are changed along the way through following Jesus together. And Lord God, we thank You that there is even more. May You draw those that You're calling to develop and be empowered so that Harrietta can unlock the potential You're placed in them by Your Spirit. In Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Amen. Can we show some love and support? Honour you. Fantastic. Well, to wrap up, I just wanted to go back to that Scripture just for a few minutes. Uh, before we go and enjoy our sausage sizzle. Um, and I just appreciate Steph Gould doing that in our notices because I can tell by the way that she said it that time it was recorded, it took her a while to get that out. But um, if I could go back to that Scripture in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, uh, as we're sitting here at the table. And I want you to picture this. I, I'm talking about this Scripture as if this is the key ingredients of a healthy church. They got it right at the beginning because they got it right at the beginning. We're here today. We're a result of what happened in that very first local church in Jerusalem because if that didn't work, nothing would have spread around. And so it's almost like here in Acts 2.42, we get a little insight into the key ingredients of what it means to be part of a healthy church. And ingredients matter because if you have the wrong ingredients, you can't make what you wanna make. I was thinking this morning about how much I love to cook. I, I love to cook, I really do. And uh, it's not been with its uh, fair share of failures along the way. And, and, and I remember when I was exposed to cooking, and I've mentioned this a few times before, when I saw Jamie Oliver, the naked chef he used to be called. Doesn't go by that now, strangely enough. I remember seeing it on the TV guide that you'd open up in the newspaper and it said the naked chef was on. I had no idea what that was. I thought that was widely inappropriate that it'd be on at 5pm during the day. The naked chef, what is going on? I sort of pictured this, I don't know. Anyway, I remember watching... (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm telling the truth. I had no idea what it was. And I remember catching it and it was this young chef, Jamie Oliver, who's like in his 20s and his whole deal was, hey, I'm gonna teach you how to cook, but cook simply. And that was the idea, naked, really inappropriate. But that was the idea of just taking the raw naked ingredient, there we go, just rolls off the tongue, (laughs) naked ingredients and making something beautiful out of something so simple. And that inspired me because I grew up in a family where our idea of cooking flash was rissoles, mashed potato and frozen veg. I love you, Mum. You're watching online now. It was beautiful. But there was a little bit of me that rebelled. And so I watched The Naked Chef and I kept my clothes on and I started cooking. 
and I got his cookbooks. And I, the first cookbook I got of his was called Jamie's Italy. That cookbook is at home. I, I wanted to bring it in. I forgot this morning. It's covered in tomato sauce, but not, not ketchup, not Heinz, homemade stuff. It's, it's got pages, I kid you not, that are just caked with flour and it sticks together. And I got that cookbook and, and here's what I did. I wanted to learn how to make pasta myself. You know, have, have you ever bought pasta from the, the shelf? Yeah, it sucks compared to what you can make for yourself. And I remember investing in one of these contraptions to roll it out, this thing that attached to the table. And, 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 and I got the, 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 the best quality flour that you could get. And I got, I got the water and the yeast and I mixed it together. And as I started to roll this thing out, I started to realise that if you really wanna to commit to making your own pasta, you have to have the space to put it. And so I opened every single cupboard in our kitchen. Shum, 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 shum. And I just draped flowery pasta over everything, everything to let it dry. And some of it was, I was, I was aiming for fettuccine. I love fettuccine. Come on, man. That's where it's at. Who would have known that the different shapes in pasta make a difference? But fettuccine, this, this, it's like spaghetti that's been squashed. It's amazing. And some of my fettuccine was like that thick. Some of it was that thick and some of it, some of it was perfect. About 10% was perfect. I draped it over, draped it over, draped it over, draped it over, draped it over. The whole floor was covered in flour and the walls. And here's what we had for dinner that night. I still remember it. We just had fettuccine with a tomato sauce and a bit of basil. I tell you what, the naked chef was right. That stuff rocks. Simple ingredients done well leave a lasting impression. So I want to read this Scripture in our last few minutes before we break for the day as we're at the table together. And I want you to picture this that I'm unpacking to you right now, the ingredients for growth, the ingredients for change. See, the whole reason why we talk about connect groups matter because we actually believe as a church that you and I can journey with Jesus and be changed along the way. The, the, the purpose of meeting together as a church isn't just to tick it off our calendar. The purpose is to say that Jesus, we are here and available. Change us as we go. And so I want you to hear these ingredients, not so much as a connect group recipe. I want you to hear it as a recipe for growth. And I want you to rebel against indifference. Rebel against the idea that you can't take these ingredients for yourself and make something beautiful. If Jamie Oliver can do it, so can we. Acts 2.42 says this. And I'm gonna stop along the way. This is just devotional thought. And they devoted themselves. Before I go on, I just wanna just highlight that word devotion. That word devotion means at its core, consistency. Can I say to you today before we move on, consistency matters that if you wanna build a life of significance and difference, if you want a life that is growing, consistency is key. That before it goes on to the other ingredients that they utilise to turn this raw and robust local church of 3,000 plus members into something that took over the entire world. 
The devotion was the first point. I wanna submit to you today, consistency matters. You are who you are becoming by the choices you make consistently. What are you devoted to? Because whatever you are devoted to is what you are becoming. What were they devoted to? And they devoted themselves to what? What? The Apostles' teaching. Why? Why the Apostles' teaching? The Apostles were a group of people that had been chosen by Jesus, not because they were the best and the brightest. Many of them were not. They were a group of people chosen. The word Apostle means sent ones means one's given an assignment. What were they sent to do? They were sent to help people understand what it meant to follow Jesus. And the Apostles were a group of 12. One had failed, been replaced by another, who had journeyed closely with Jesus. And so what's the Apostles teaching? These guys were teaching people what they'd experienced, what they'd seen, what they'd been a part of. Can I submit to you today that to follow Jesus isn't dependent on book knowledge. This is not an academic practice, although if you wanna study and geek out on the Bible, join us for our deep dives the first Sunday evening and every month and we'll, we'll smash it out. No, teaching here is teaching related from what you know. And the Apostles knew a person and His name is Jesus. Jesus was not a university. Jesus is God in human flesh who came to dwell amongst us. And you wanna know how Jesus taught? He definitely taught in front of crowds. He preached messages in front of thousands, but that's not the only thing He did. He equipped 72 people to go ahead of Him to villages He empowered, but that's not the only thing He did. He called aside 12 to journey with Him deeply, almost like a connect group. And out of those 12, there were three that He revealed even His vulnerabilities to. Teaching happens along the way. Do you wanna know how Jesus taught those closest to Him? They'd come to Him with thoughts and He'd start asking them questions. The Apostles' teaching. What if the Apostles' teaching was helping people to understand Jesus by being willing to wrestle with all the complexities of how do I live this thing out? And what if we learn as we grow together? They devoted themselves to the Apostles' teaching and the fellowship. I like how it says in the ESV, the fellowship, not fellowship. Man, fellowship is one of these things that we throw out every now and then. I struggle to see what it means. What does it mean? Well, it means to be deeply in common with one another. You think, okay, what have we got in common with each other? We went to different schools together. We went to, what have we got in common with each other? Here's what we have in common. A desire to know God for ourselves. And that one thing that keeps us in common builds together an opportunity to journey in life with one another in fellowship. You cannot do faith alone. You cannot do it isolated. You cannot do it cut off. If you are, I promise you, it will grow cold. Picture this, you are a coal meant to be placed in a fire next to other pieces of coal that are burning as well. You're not meant to live life as a lone flickering light off in the distance. 
And I know in our culture, we're exposed to so much that we think is gonna make the difference. Can I just say, anything outside of personal connection will not meet the need that you have. We need fellowship. They were devoted consistently to this idea of fellowship. What else were they devoted to? If I invite the worship team to come and join me. To the breaking of bread and the prayers. So they'd meet publicly, corporately as a group, but then they'd meet together privately at home. They'd break bread together. Why would you break bread? Because you know somebody as you get to eat with them. It's amazing. It's like the most powerful ingredient you can bring into a relationship that you're trying to get to know somebody is to eat with them. There's a reason why people go on dates based around food. Because you wanna see whether somebody eats with their mouth open. (laughs) You wanna see what they order on the menu and you wanna think to yourself, wow, blue cheese? I've got to keep my distance. <laughs> Think of all the times that you've shared a table with family and friends and the difference that that has made. They broke bread, but they were devoted. They, they did it consistently. They made time. They, they created opportunities, whether it was fortnightly for us or monthly, whatever. They did it because it made a difference. What difference does it make to break bread together? Because here's what we do. We talk about what's going on in our world. We shouldn't use it as an opportunity to complain. If the conversation is low, you miss out the opportunity where Jesus is calling you to go up higher. Imagine sitting around a table and talking about the things that God is revealing, God is challenging, God is calling up. The things that you're wrestling with personally, instead of pointing out all the others around us, but saying, I take responsibility for myself. I'm at the table exposed before you. And this is how God is changing me. They broke bread. It implies there that they did, they they reckon they did two key things. They would have meals together and then they would partake of communion right at the end. If you've not had communion before, it's where we get a wafer or a piece of bread that represents the body of Christ and grape juice, or in some cases wine, that represents the blood of Christ. Here's what we keep in common that we all need saving. So it goes on to say what they experienced. They experienced fellowship. They experienced relationship. They experienced life together and because they did life together, God changed them as they went. And it talks about how it broke out with signs and wonders. Signs and wonders, where did they come from? It came from a community of people who were sold out to follow Jesus for themselves and to support each other as they went. What are signs and wonders? Signs and wonders are opportunities where God invades our natural space. I'm committed to a church that presses in for signs and wonders because I wanna see the brokenness of the world swallowed up with the victory of Jesus. I will not stop praying for healing even if I feel resistance because I believe it is by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. I'll not stop pressing in for miracles to take place because the world is so lost and broken that it desperately needs to have signs that are pointing people to the reality of God that He invades space and transforms lives. I will unashamedly press in for signs and wonders. And I would ask that there would be a church community that would rise up, that would see it breaking out even amongst their homes. 
That it doesn't have to happen in a church gathering, it can happen. Around a table as a need is mentioned. And I know, I know, I know it's a wrestle. I know it's a wrestle. I know, I don't understand sometimes why we hit these pressure points that seem to be, we have to persevere longer for a breakthrough, but I'm committed to pressing in for signs and wonders. Devoted to what? I'm devoted to seeing God's Kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The last part of that Scripture finished with this thought that God would add to their number daily those who were being saved. And I wanna finish with this as a devotional thought. As we become or choose to be a people that live our life at the table. Those that are being saved. It's an act, it's not a moment. It's not done and dusted, it's something that's lived out. That word saved in the original language is a really hard word to translate. Here's what it means. It means to be healed, to be rescued, to be restored, to be renewed, to be rebuilt. This word that we so easily read as saved means to have a life that is put back together. And here's the deal, we are being saved. Here's the truth, the moment you receive Jesus, if you have, Maybe you haven't yet, but if you have, the moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, Scripture tells us you are saved. You are saved. You're saved from death to life. You're saved from darkness into light. You are saved. But here's the deal. You are also being saved. Because through the journey of life that you've lived, I promise you, if you're anything like me, you've been hit and broken along the way and you and I desperately need to be put back together. And as we choose to journey with Jesus, and it's amazing how He uses the people around us, often as His mouthpieces and His encouragers, to challenge us to keep on going along the way, we are being saved. What does that mean? We are being healed. We are being restored. We are being renewed. We are being rebuilt. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. You are being, you are being, you are being, you are being. If you're not all there yet, that's good. It means God's working with you. You are saved, you are being saved. And you know what? At the end of the day, we will be saved because we trust and lean not on our own understanding. Church, we are called to live life at the table. Change is possible. Change is to be expected. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.